will fix you. Hello, my lissom morsels, and welcome back to this, our fully acoustic advice podcast. Last week, as you may have noticed, there was no sound. Uh, Compression waves did not happen. We apologise for this. Mr. Connery forgot to put the usual threepence halfpenny into the physics meter, and we were once again scaled back to emergency electromagnetism only. He has been roundly beaten, and this will not happen again. Will it? Well, it didn't really take, because, as you say, physics wasn't working. The beating was applied previous to the application of kinetic energy, and therefore was utterly useless. Bugger. In any case, we are returned to you as We Will Fix You, an advice podcast to which you can write, and we will fix you. We will fix you show, in fact, at gmail.com, being the address to which questions can be mailed. This evening you've already heard from Mr. Dave Convery, owner of Europe's largest privately held collection of wolf semen. No, you can't see it. Ms. Lucy Boyd, Chief Superintendent, Fleece Police. I hope everyone is wearing their regulation fleece as specified. I am zipped up and cosy. I am also Roger Hart who tastes a wee bit off today. Our questioner writes, Dear strange voices from the internet, I am, as is the fashion nowadays, prone to occasional bouts of sad feels in the head meets. In particular, as summer once again draws to a close, as we approach the vernal equinox, the warmth fades and the leaves fall from the trees, plant life begins to rot and die, and the dreadful, hopeless inevitability Six months of suffocating darkness, interrupted only by interminable, dreary, rain-filled days, sets in. I find that my mind inexorably turns to the ultimate meaninglessness and futility of existence, the inevitable decay and death of all things. In short, autumn is a proper fucking downer. Fixers, what can I do about this? Yours, etc. Unending howl the abyss. Mmm. Succulent. Ms. Boyd. So my first approach to this was, um, it can't be that hard, you know, figure out what you actually do like about autumn, if anything, and do a lot more of that. So I, I, I took to the internet for some resources and found, you know, a list of 50 fun fall activities. Go apple picking, okay. Go leaf peeping, I don't actually know what that is. Um, get lost in a corn maze, except the Milton Maze maze has already closed for the season. Take a hot air balloon ride, okay, but you could do that at any time of the year, why now? Also, it kind of assumes that you enjoy the idea of a dangling in a basket that is held aloft only by science. Um, play a game of two-hand touch football, again, I do not know what this is. Mm. Go for a hike, you can do that literally any time of year. Go for a hay ride, again, none of these in East Anglia. Collect colourful fall leaves and then watch them inevitably shrivel and die inside your house. Mm. Rent a cabin in the mountains, because what you need is, you know, autumn closer to the elements with fewer distractions. Tailgate at your local football game. This is just not a thing in this country, as I, far as I'm aware. I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, yes, bad. Plant bulbs in your garden for next spring. I mean, I kind of like the idea of this one, but it's also reinforcing the whole wait until things are actually alive again end of the problem. Run a race? What? Mm. Uh, take a drive in the country, except I live in the country, so it's just taking a drive, it's just going to my house. Like, um, So the list goes on like this for like 40 more items, and 
They are basically all bullshit. Spend a day antiquing. You can fucking do that whenever it's mostly indoors. My day out. Fuck antiquing. Also that. Watch the birds flying south for the winter. Okay, they're going to be someone much nicer than you and they're all fucking off. Like, how is that supposed to bring you joy? So at this point I was like, okay, change of approach is needed. If we're going with things that are probably bullshit, why not try an evo-psych approach instead? Survive this grim season the way our ancestors did. Now I did some research. It turns out the main way our ancestors survived winter was eating turnips. It will last mm. forever. They didn't have potatoes back then. And one turnip has like 40% of your daily vitamin C requirements. Roger looks delighted. How, bi- how big a turnip are we talking here? I think your, your standard size turnip. Kind of a small Like yeah, a yeah, yeah, radish yeah. with ideas. Yeah, above its station. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting a lot of vitamin C from that. Fucking love turnips. Our ancestors stayed indoors because outdoors was a lot more cold and dangerous, so, you know, just don't go out there. They stayed warm, you know, warm clothes, warm by the fire, and they passed time by, you know, telling stories and stuff. So, modern take. Play video games indoors, wearing a sweater, with the heating on, whilst eating turnips. For the whole of autumn and winter. You can make those nice Chinese glutinous rice cake, turnip cake things. Don't bother, just just chew them raw. Okay. I mean, I thought... Our ancestors didn't have glutinous Chinese food, apart from the ones who were Chinese. Chinese, yeah, Yeah, they probably did. When I say are very loosely, I'm an extraordinary white person. (laughs) I believe I've not checked, but I think I'm probably Northern European. Yeah. 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 You you didn't have a glutinous rice cake. You just had your turnips, whatever way they came, and you were thankful for them. Probably, like, on an evolutionary time scale, yes. Yes. Recently, I have had a, a turnip cake. Yeah, well, you're allowed to now, but yeah. not in this specific scenario. <laughs> That yeah. sounds pretty good. So stay inside, play video games, eat, eat turnips. Yeah. Ignore am, winter. Am I allowed to cook the turnips in interesting ways if I want to? Yeah, you're allowed to if you want to, I guess. I mean, they're so nutritious, how could I stop you? Oh, God, I love turnips. Mm. Soluble fibre. Yeah. Plus, he's strong as balls from eating all those incredibly nutritious turnips. You can barbecue them quite nicely. Really? Yeah, they sear well. But you don't want to go outside because it's autumn. No, ideally not. You can barbecue them in your house, well, but you then you probably die. Grow, like ridged skillet. Yeah, that that would be carbon monoxide don't, poisoning. Don't do we do barbecues not barbecues indoors yeah. unless it's on purpose. No, ridged. And ridged, even then, probably reconsider. Ridged skillet. Just slip into the darkness quietly, turning a hot dog. Tongs clattering to the floor in the most poetic way. You'll die as you lived. Yeah. Bit of mild case of food poisoning. And a lot of yellow mustard. That, that's it, that's all I've got. Turnips, be inside, be inside and eat turnips. I'm, and I've already got one convert to my new turnip-based way of life. I'm going to have to, I mean, I, I, I reject all of the advice I'm about to give in favour of the turnip approach. Mm-hmm. I just want to lay that out here, but, you know, in order to stay true to the spirit of the podcast, I will give my advice anyway. You see, there are those who would accept the inviolable consequences of seasonality. There are, there are those who would accept that it was immutable, that the, the axial tilt of the Earth creates seasons, and they would instead attempt to fix, or at least help you manage, the problems with your brain. Those people are cowards. As, as my grandma used to say, compromising is just losing and then deciding to apologise for it. Now, we're not going to do that. I both dislike and respect your grandma from the sound of things. We're not going to fix your brain. Fuck that noise. We're going to fix autumn. So there are two, there are two broad strokes approaches here. One of them is moving closer to the equator, I'll come back to that in a moment, and the other is to change the axial tilt of the Earth. Now, the first is pretty self-explanatory, moving closer to the equator. 
seasons are a function of not entirely, but mostly the Earth's axial tilt. The fact that the axis of rotation is perpendicular to, is not perpendicular to the um, plane of the orbit, meaning that you get a kind of tilt relative to the sun as the diurnal cycle progresses and as the seasonal cycle progresses, and so um, parts annually get proportionately more sunlight and climate shit happens. And we, we, we know how this, how this shit goes down. There was almost certainly a diagram in your physics classroom. Yeah. The closer you are to the equator, the less this matters. Now, being bang on the equator is boring as fuck. There aren't all that many interesting places to live, and, it, and they're far too hot. But um, just to briefly digress into this, and I'll pick this up in a moment, I would recommend um, Singapore, Hong Kong, or Okinawa. All of which are, I mean, Singapore's a bit repressive, but Hong Kong and Okinawa, reasonably pleasant places, reasonably developed. Hong Kong in particular, you can enjoy a pretty serious and decent quality of life. It's got beautiful, amazing, heterogeneous architecture. You can be looking at a kind of piece of ruined brutalism and then walk five minutes and see some kind of amazing, high-functioning supermodernism or some period pieces, and then you can walk ten minutes more and be in the mountains. Also, Edward Falls. Mm. Now, Singapore is a little bit more architecturally boring, but I think it does have that building with the um, highly visible... Oh, no, that's Taiwan. But no, also a decent candidate. The, the building with the giant tune mass damper that looks like a giant gold pendulum. There's a building in either Taiwan or Singapore that has an amazing tube mass damper. It was on 99% invisible. Anyway, um, the actual sensible, or at least actionable answer, and I, well, you'll see quite quickly why the others are less actionable, is to move to Hong Kong. Hong Kong sounds wonderful. Well, Maybe getting a little bit more repressive, but mm, mm, people are fighting back. What about the humidity? If you don't get on with the humidity, all of these suggestions are going to be a problem because... <sighs> So the seasonality, I'll take my chances with the autumn and turnips, yeah. I think. The seasonality is, is, an, is an effect of the degree of axial rotation. So, so broadly speaking, this is a simplification, but broadly speaking, you get more seasonal variance the sharper the angle of axial tilt. So Earth spends most of its time, it does actually vary because of processional rotation. Trying to work out what processional rotation actually is and means does my fucking head in. But basically, not only do is the Earth on an axis, but that axis itself is rotating. So imagine a kind of wibbly cone mm. pattern. Um, that's caused by the fact that the uh, sort of caused by the fact that the Earth isn't a perfect sphere. Um, it's a little bit bulgy. We don't gummed it up and stuff with comets and well, that. We'll come to this, but oh god. But you, but so not being a perfect sphere and also being in the influence of other bodies gravitationally, the Moon um, and nearby planets you get some kind of wonkiness due to the uneven mass distribution which creates processional rotation. This also affects seasonality, but it also means that the um, angle of the axial tilt varies. Anyway, broadly speaking, more axial tilt means more seasonality. So at its height of about 24 degrees, you have mostly sort of a bit, I'm simplifying, warmer summers, colder winters. And at its kind of lower level of tilt, which I think is 23, Basically, the, the, the axial tilt of the Earth varies across a few degrees on about a 41,000 year um, cycle. You get some interesting effects, possibly this is not necessarily proven, but there's a possibility of an interesting feedback mechanism, which is that at a higher tilt you get more severe winters. More severe winters could bring on an ice age. An ice age concentrates the water as ice in particular places, which shifts the mass distribution. Shifting the mass distribution, and this is really important, can shift the axial tilt. If the axial tilt gets stronger, the winters get stronger, you get into a feedback loop of stronger winters could mean... Snowball Earth. Yeah. yeah. So one possible factor in the progress of ice ages is a kind of feedback loop around increasing axial tilt and um, mass distribution. And this, was, this has been investigated over the years. There's a guy um, from the 1920s, I think, uh, Milankovic, um, a sort of astronomer, physicist guy, who sort of discovered the 41,000 year cycle. Point being, 
closer to zero, less seasonality. So if we can get the axial tilt down to zero, the Earth rotating perpendicular to its orbital plane, then no seasons, pretty much, or very, very weak seasonality. And you can move a bit further south to get super temperate and nicely smoothed out seasonality. As we've touched on, the shape of the Earth and the precessional cycles, gravitational influence affects rotation. Broadly speaking, the axis of a spinning spheroid, the rotational axis of a spinning spheroid will move in the direction of a loss of mass. So if you take mass away, it will, the axis of rotation will tilt towards the point of the loss of mass. But yeah, point being, if you scoop out some mass, and there was a 2009 study suggesting this might be happening with climate change, which is that in Greenland in particular, as the ice caps melt, the um, water is redistributed back into the oceans, which moves the kind of center of mass away from the point is you get there's a tilt towards Greenland. Um, if you move mass away, the axis will tilt. So basically what we need to do is kind of blast Antarctica into space. Or, or melt it. I wouldn't advise melting it. Um, because of all the climate change and the rising oceans and everyone dying, that would be kind of bad. But if we could get just a fuck ton of explosives, or maybe you could move up there and start digging. But anything you can do really, form an, an evil megacorp, strip mining, um, what you need to do is get close as, as close as you can to the poles, large continuous land mass, I would recommend Antarctica, and just start moving mass away from the poles. Get it as far away as possible towards the equator. Um, your, your solution to winter is, is go to where it is winter all the time and do some hard work. And employ others. Well, employ yes, others, but definitely. it's also worth pointing out that Antarctica has very low seasonal variance itself. Uh, I mean, it is night all the time, so it's fucking depressing. But if you settled into a pattern, well, not and nothing can live there. Yeah, so no one's really going to mind if you explode it all. You know. I yeah. bet the usual bleeding hearts would go on about it. Greenpeace and the UN and that. Yeah. yeah. Strip, strip mine, melt, or fire into space most of Antarctica, and eventually the Earth's axis of rotation will shift to the point where we don't really have seasonal variants. You want to do it quickly because you know forty-one thousand years is a long time to wait. And I should point out that if we remove seasons, it'll proper fuck up the ecosystem, a lot of plant life and most mammals will die. But, you know, you won't be sad anymore. So, yeah, basically, you're going to Antarctica, you're taking either a large mining operation or a lot of explosives, and we're going to just kind of de-wonky the Earth. I mean, I'd still probably on balance recommend the turnips, but you could go and destroy Antarctica. There's also the compromise option where you move to Hong Kong and eat turnips, but don't touch Antarctica. Or you could direct the operation from Hong Kong. Also a good point. While eating turnips. <laughs> they have turnip cakes. Yes. I'm not letting the ship go. It's the best dim sum. And also a lot of international banking. It's a good place to hide your advancing levels of super villainy. Mm-hmm. How are you going to fix this one, Dave? Well, first of all, I feel like uh, autumn's getting a bum rap. Uh, and if our questioner has something like seasonal affective disorder or is just actually depressed, then I'm sorry, but I'm coming to the defense of autumn for a little while. I feel like it's important to, to represent it. And maybe you will find these things that I like about autumn and you will take them into your heart and, and start to appreciate them. So some good things about autumn, a short list, hot chocolate, Works much better it's in the autumn. It's got to be good though, because there's a lot of yeah. shit hot chocolate out there. Just don't have the shit stuff. Hard to tell in advance we're, when you're ordering from a menu though. Mm. We're talking about, we're, we're being elective here. Uh, much higher standard in coats. Yeah. Autumn coats I think are better better than both your light spring-summer jacket 
And your heavy winter coat. It's true. I agree. I wear a lot of blazers in autumn. Cold weather dogs are 70% more frolicky. Mm -hmm. The large breeds, the husky, St. Bernard, they can run around a lot more. That's a good time. It's husky playing in leaves. Stew. Yeah, stew's pretty good. Stew's pretty good, right? I like stew. You can put turnips in it. Halloween. Halloween's pretty great. I like Halloween. Baked potatoes. Why are you twitching? Just the thought of someone having more than neutral feelings about baked potatoes. Racist. Wait, my thing's fine, but... Racist. Baked potatoes and stew. Together. You can serve some stew As a in filling. a semi-hollowed baked potato. Yeah. I've done that. Soft, delightful sunsets. You whimsical motherfucker. Saner temperatures. I've got a note here to follow that up with. Ball's not stuck to leg anymore. I'm not sure if that was a note to self or another recommendation but either way it seems pretty great and well, not yet stuck to lamppost yeah mm. and also it's not actually winter so i think take what's great about autumn and embrace that stuff but, a squash yeah just Up get some home. no i can't, can't recommend that unless it's a spaghetti squash those are quite those are quite long and, and thin and are probably a better fit um, but if you if you aren't swayed by twee fun and turning leaves or you have a serious chemical brain condition then you are going to need something else and modern medicine is not great at treating seasonal affective disorder and since we would never advocate mood altering drugs or anything illegal it is time to take a look at the advantages Trepanning. Uh, I quote now from the International Trepanation Advocacy Group. It's good that they exist. <laughs> it is good that they exist. And they are apparently all doctors, although that's what they would say, really, isn't it? Doctors coming out of the drill. <laughs> the ratio between blood and cerebrospinal fluid in can and does vary, but the total volume remains constant. When the skull seals at the end of uh, its growth, aged between 8 and 21, they're not very accurate for doctors, the brain can no longer pulsate on the heartbeat since expansion possibility of the brain membranes is suppressed. The arteries and capillaries can no longer expand with each new surge of blood that comes from the heart. Trepanation, making a hole in the skull. They're very clear to point out what trepanation is. You don't want to mislead people. Good advocacy, stage. really clear. These are young, forward. energetic doctors with yeah. holes in their skulls. Some of them are 300 years old. <laughs> making a hole in the skull restores the pulse pressure to the brain. The arteries and capillaries can expand again, filling with an increased amount of blood and displacing the same volume of water. For some reason, they keep referring to cerebrospinal fluid as water, which again is making me think they might not be doctors. A significant amount of energy lost with adulthood returns. I'll continue. Please do. And I'll say up front, there is no sound evidence that trepanning has any medical benefits whatsoever. But there is a lot of evidence that it puts a big fucking hole in your skull, so caveat emptor. <laughs> but most people who get trepanned in the modern day describe an improvement in mood as sort of a general lightening and a calming soporific effect. Some people describe a feeling of being connected to a cosmic consciousness. It comes in through the hole. All of them describe themselves as having a big fucking hole in their head. There is a notion of a, 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 the way that humans perceive a sense of value, like um, when you pay more for something, you expect it to be better and therefore you ascribe better value to it. You mm. do this with wine, 
you do this with extremely uh, short experiences that you've paid a lot of money for. You, you, yeah, you, you, you attach more value when you paid more for them. And I think that you can take this and use it to your advantage because not only is it going to cost you physical cash to find someone to drill a hole in your head, unless you come to me, uh, it also it's it's a tremendous physical cost, isn't it? Because you've got a big fucking hole in your head now. Is your philosophy have drill, don't need money? I've got chisels as well, do whatever you want. Okay, that's he good. just said physical cash. He's got a hand drill and he takes Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Or a bank transfer. So why not? Given that modern science has failed you and my puppy's wandering through leaves talk has probably not magically lifted your move, why not trepanning? Why not try trepanning? Hippocrates believed in trepanning and he got a lot of shit done. Yeah. If it's good enough for Hippocrates, it is good enough for you. And if that fails, it is at the very least a hobby you can do indoors. Might have put some newspaper down though. Put some newspaper down. Especially if it's good carpet. Yeah. Do it over the sink. Yeah. Or the bath. Yeah, the bath. Wonderful. What I particularly like about today's fixes is the way they can be combined. I don't think anyone would be surprised if the first main realistic and, and, and powerful attempt to displace the earth from its axis was performed by someone who had auto-trepanned themselves and gone perhaps a little funny eating turnips in a cave. Yeah, I think we can all see this. I believe it is the future we deserve. The future we want. A future for us all. Trepanned, turnip laden, in a prosperous metropolis.